1: hello and welcome to the over and back classic nba podcast i am jason Mann. with me today he is a contributor to the step back chris fenrich chris welcome to the show
0: thank you jason
1: so you wrote uh, a fun little piece for The Step Back called Checking In on the NBA Statistical Outliers. And... Um you brought some. This is a. Pre, you'd written a previous piece on this, and this was sort of a follow up on just uh, some of the uh, fun statistical outliers and the, just uh, just some of the weird stuff that's going on in the uh, NBA. Um, what were some of the most interesting things that you felt like you uh, you found in your research?
0: Um, I mean, thematically speaking, I think the big thing that the big thing that jumps out and it kind of so to back up a little bit, I had done this same thing last year, like every 25 or 30 games, um, seeing who is kind of putting up these weird stats and then checking in with them throughout the season. And I started noticing it last year with, um, with Chris Tapp's Porzingis, where you have, you have these big men, these guys that are over seven feet tall and they're able to shoot threes extremely well anymore. And they're also able to block shots. Um, and I think, like, Brooke Lopez is probably one of the most interesting examples in this post where I think coming into this season, Brooke Lopez had taken 31 threes in his career. And that's over, what, like six or seven years of his career. And this year, the guy is taking five a game, which is just um, – You know, that's even among outliers, that is probably on the extreme end, just the increase in volume there. And he's hitting them at 34%. And it's just um, this evolution of the game kind of stretching out and big men shooting more threes um, between Brooke Lopez. And then, you know, there was another stat in here about guys 6'11 or taller hitting one and a half threes or more per game where you've got guys like DeMarcus Cousins. um, And then some of the guys who are kind of stalwarts in that area, like Channing Frye and Dirk Nowitzki. Um, you know, these big men shooting threes is probably the thing that stood out the most. And then this other piece, and this one's a little bit more of a personal thing for me, just uh, the absurdly efficient, seas- efficient season that Isaiah Thomas is having. Um, you know, I think it's been very much par for the course recently to state that Isaiah Thomas is not an MVP candidate and I, I'm fine I'm not suggesting he should be um, I just look at the stats he's putting up and they're they're pretty ridiculous and it's not just that he's you know has a usage rate of over 30 and a true shooting of over 60% which is a, a unique club that I called out in here both those career highs this year and he's the only guy in league history to have a an assist rate of above 33% and a turnover rate below ten percent. So, um, you know, it's easy to get caught up in his his scoring, his fourth quarter scoring. It's easy to really fixate on his defense, but he's been an extremely efficient playmaker as well. So, those are a couple of them that really popped out
1: at me. Yeah. And he's, Isaiah's been a whole lot of fun this year as well. You know, whether, <laughs> I don't know if we really need to have huge debates over whether he's MVP. I mean, exactly.
0: He, exactly. Been, yeah. He's been
1: having so much fun or been so much fun to watch and obviously been great for the Celtics that, you know, not everything needs to be a larger discussion about a thing. Now, not that, you know, we obviously enjoy uh, NBA discussion here on our daily NBA podcast, but uh, once in a while, okay, you know, maybe we could just chill out a little bit on. Uh, yep. Yep. But, um, yeah, yeah, back to the, the big stream three pointers. I know that um, Marcus All has had a pretty extreme increase yes. in, you know, he, he's up to more about, about three attempts per game, which is way more than, you know, he was in a similar position where he'd barely ever attempted them before. I, and this year he is not quite as much as Lopez is, but obviously, a, um, you know, been a big deal for. Um, for his team as well and, and yeah uh, five players at least six foot 11 or more making over 1.5 threes per game which um which was a, a slight increase from the last a few years so the, that, that part yep. isn't super new but it definitely looks like it's increasing obviously um Prazingis, as you mentioned one of those guys who's i i think he was the he's on track to be the first guy um, since, since Dirk to to have the same number of uh, blocks and you just to, to I think go over hundred blocks and hundred three pointers in a season, so we'll see if he makes that. But uh, but that's fun as well.
0: Yeah, very much so. And I I feel like that piece, too. I feel like it, um, you know, a a lot of these you can you can look at trends in the league is why we're seeing some of these things. Like one of the stats that I pulled was um, 25 points per game. We've got 11 guys in the league this year averaging 25 or more points a game and then two more guys that are sniffing right around it and are pretty close as well. Um, And, you know, Zach Lowe wrote a piece earlier this season just kind of Calling out like, hey, this is a huge offensive explosion that we're seeing and is it too much or is it the right amount? Um, less than like trying to determine whether or not it's it's the right amount of offense. I it's just really fascinating that you dig into the stats and you can see some of the obvious outputs of a scoring explosion. Now, that being said, if you look at the threes, I feel like the big men shooting threes and just kind of the the evolution of these guys, I feel like it's, it's indicative of more the trend and the direction that the league is going where, hey, you need to be able to stretch the floor. You need to be able to shoot the ball. And I, you know, to take it back to Isaiah Thomas and not to get too in the weeds here, but I feel like Boston is able to surround him with four shooters quite often, and it opens up the lanes and it opens up so much space for him to both attack the rim and draw free throws or to attack the rim and kick out to guys on help because everybody can shoot. So it's just you see some of these are statistical indicators of how the game is kind of moving forward and evolving.
1: So I I think one thing this season will be known for once it's over is the year of the triple double. Uh, yes obviously Russell Westbrook leading the way with that he has 25 triple doubles so far averaging a triple double for the first uh, first season for the first time you know, if, if he keeps it up uh, since Oscar Robertson in 62 um according to uh Kelly Scaletta at FanRag Sports there have already been 64 triple doubles in a season which is the most since um since 88-89 when there were 78 triple doubles um and we're on pace at the moment for 101 so far this year. You know, who knows how that's going to to shake out. But obviously, you know, Westbrook feeling a lot of it. But there's a lot of guys getting triple doubles. Obviously, James Harden as well. And, you know, the fact that we've had uh, this season three 50-point triple doubles after previously having just six in NBA history and not one since Kareem in 1975 does uh, a whole lot.
0: It's crazy. It's it's absolutely crazy. And and again, you know, to get into some of just like the stylistic, like the way the game is being played, you look at guys like Harden and Westbrook rebounding the way they are. And I, I haven't done any research on this, and I know there are plenty of very intelligent people out there that could kind of pick apart some of the synergy data and figure this out. But part of me feels like that is because big men are being pulled out a little bit more on the three-point um because they have to defend out there and it gives more opportunities for some of the guards to get rebounds. But it's just, it's been fascinating. And one of the things I made it a point to not include in this piece of like just very random and very impressive statistical outliers was the fact that Westbrook and Harden are you know just putting up monster seasons whether it's Westbrook averaging a triple double or Harden who's going for what like 28 11 assists and eight rebounds or whatever he's putting up I mean these are just amazing stat lines that like Maybe a handful of guys in NBA history have accomplished, and they didn't even make the cut because it's just like, it's at this point, it's kind of a given. Like, those ones are so obvious, and I wanted to go a little bit more fringe, a little bit further out there.
1: So, you mentioned the 30 60 club, the uh, true shooting percentage over 60 and a usage rate over 30, uh, accomplished extremely rarely. Um, Steph Curry did it last year, and, um, you know, a handful of the top, you know, offensive players of all time have done it. Durant, LeBron, Jordan, um, Carl Malone, Shaq, Larry Bird, James Harden. Uh, you mentioned Thomas, uh, at it and, uh, James Harden also, um, it has, it has it as, as well. And then the third player I think would be unexpected to a lot of people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And who remind me who the third player was? Cause I'm looking, Oh, is it Kawhi? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, the first time I did this, the first time I pulled these numbers was at the beginning of December and it was only it was only Isaiah and Harden in the thirty sixty club at that time and to to be honest and I kind of comment on this a little bit um I'm surprised that Kawhi has that usage rate north of 30. And I, I either read or heard a quote earlier this season about pop saying that, you know, what's ideal for Kawhi's points per game is like 22 to 23 points per game. And he's another one of these guys who's, who's right around that 25 point range. And I, you know, I, I haven't watched the Spurs as much as I, as much as I would have liked to, but those few games when Tony Parker was, was hurt and they were starting um, Dejounte Murray at point guard for a couple games. Those games that I watched, Kawhi did a lot of ball handling, and it's you know I'm a huge fan, but you can tell it's the one part of his game that he's still developing. And the only reason I say that is because everything else is it's such a world class elite level. But I get the sense that Kawhi's usage north of thirty percent, I doubt that he sticks around there. It's just not the typical Spurs style. And as I was going through this, you know, and that popped out to me, um, it made me wonder, you know, has popovich ever coached another player with a usage rate higher than 30 and and he has and it was just one time in 2009 tony parker was just a little bit over a 30 percent usage um and again it's just it doesn't quite fit the style you know and, and i was just surprised to see it but also i think it speaks maybe to some of the the possible weaknesses that that spurs team has that they need one guy their best player to kind of generate as much as he
1: does this year and it may not be a weakness. I mean, it might just be the fact that, yeah. you know, he is so good at this. And if, you know, if he continues, I mean, I, as you mentioned, he's great at just about everything other than maybe the ball handling. But, it, it, you know, maybe best for their team to switch to, um, you know, him being the driver of their success more than an individual player has done it, you know, at least in these terms. Yep, absolutely. No, I I completely
0: agree. And it's again, it's just it's fun to watch the evolution of some of these guys where you have Kawhi, who's just evolved so much. And if it does turn out that he becomes their their cheap playmaker um, over the next few years, it'll be something that, you know, I don't think anybody has expected. But I think he's been able to kind of up his game every year based on whatever it is that the Spurs need.
1: It reminds me a little bit of the way that um, John Havlicek's career evolved. I mean, it was kind of similar, where he was, you know, a, um, a a cog in the system, and you know, had all these incredible players around, and was, you know, and then really stepped up in big moments. And eventually, as the team kind of transitioned away from the old stars, you know, he became the guy that things were sent around. He, he was a, a similar type player, in which he just, you know, had this incredible versatility, had this tirelessness, and this, you know, and, and just kept improving. Uh, you know, to a point where you know he became a superstar even though and he was the kind of guy where it was probably best if he scored like 22 23 not you know necessarily dominating the ball the way he had you know his handful of 50 point games here and there as well
0: yeah that's you know I've never I've never made um a connection like that but it, it makes sense and you know it brings so much of it back to just kind of the the system and the luxury of having just a deep quality system and culture like those Celtics did and like the the Spurs do now it just allows you to kind of develop and compete at the same time which i think is a again a luxury and a well-earned luxury that most of these teams just do not have
1: so right now we have eight players who have had 50 point games so far this season which ties an nba record in fact i i believe the last time a new player did that was early january so we're we've almost been a month since we've had i I think harden had another 50 point game since then he had a second 50 point triple double but it's been uh james harden russell Westbrook. Uh, Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson, of course, the sixty-point game, uh, Demarcus Cousins, John Wall, Isaiah Thomas, and uh, Anthony Davis. We'll get to Anthony Davis a little bit later because he's had some interesting stuff this year. But um, a lot has been made of the fact that we've had kind of you know an interesting scoring outburst uh, this season. You also mentioned in your piece that um, you know we have eleven players who have had or averaging more than twenty-five points per game this season, which is Uh, which is a much higher level than um, usual. There does seem to be, you know, both in terms of team scoring, um, you know, we're not near, you know, records on that sense, but certainly that's been increasing, but we also are on a, you you, you know, superstars are carrying their teams or carrying a burden um, that is larger than, you know, in, in recent NBA history, if not in, you know, total NBA history.
0: Yeah, it's um, you know, and I as I was pulling this data and just looking over these numbers, you know, you've got a guy like like Westbrook that is just um, I think he's on pace to set the 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 single season record for usage rate. And he's just, you know, he he's getting his and the team absolutely needs it. And then you have guys like Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and you could throw Isaiah Thomas in there as well. Guys that are doing it with just these absurd efficiency rates where they are just, um, you know, they're not taking an absurd amount of shots, but they're hitting threes. They're getting to the free throw line and just generating points more. And again, with some of this stuff, I see it as part of the evolution of the game where more guys can shoot threes. Guys are getting to the line. um you speak about the scoring and paces up a little bit but it's not like paces jumping through the roof in ways that we saw in say like the 60s or the 70s when teams were just getting tons of shots up and it's just it's a really interesting thing to see this many guys averaging this many points and again you've got like Jimmy and Jimmy Butler and Kyrie that are right behind and i could see Jimmy easily getting over that 25 point threshold and it's just it's been fascinating to see and see how guys do it in a variety of ways again like Westbrook who's you know he's going to get his no matter what versus the efficiency and the high level skill players like Steph and the rest of these guards and some of these other shooters that are doing it
1: yeah it, you you spoke of Westbrook's usage um so the best season ever is Kobe Bryant 38.7 in 2006 and he's yep. at 41.8 right now um so a significant percentage higher than you know more than three points higher and and box minus, minus, um, the best ever is LeBron at 12.99 in 2009, and his is 14.2 this year, so more than a point over that.
0: Yeah, I had no idea about that one, and that's just, I mean, I don't know how much you've watched Oklahoma City, but um, when they were, you know, they were, so I'm in Seattle, and they were out in Portland about, a, you know, sometime in December, and it was one of the first games that Oladipo was injured, and that team, without Oladipo, and whenever Russ went to the bench, it was... It was like watching a D-League team. Like they had no idea how to run an offense. Um, they got bad shots. They were depending on Anthony Morrow to generate offense. And it was just it was a bad equation. And I think you can you can kind of make some parallels between this Thunder team and you know, this Thunder team is better than that Kobe team from 06, but you can still look at this team and be like You know, they need him to generate offense. They need him to take shots and they need him to to create plays for other guys. Um, It doesn't mean all the shots he takes are good ones. Some of them I just I watch and play and I'm like, man, what the hell are you doing? But the team desperately needs him to generate that offense. And somehow, some way, you know, he's able to do it every single night.
1: So another player who is, uh, you brought up, who's had some, um, or is, is close to some sickle milestones, although I'm fading a little bit in some, is, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, he is near the two blocks and two steals per game, although he's fallen slightly below that in steals. And, um, he's also very close to 22 points, eight rebounds, six assists per game, although again, has, has fallen slightly, uh, below that he's at 23 9 and 5.5 which isn't too bad um i, I the 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 Bucks have fallen off quite a bit in the mm-hmm. last few weeks. Uh, Giannis, his, his, his I haven't watched him a lot during that time. His performances, these stat wise, seem like mostly been good. There've been a couple bad games in there, but but mostly still performing well. Um, I don't know if if I would assume that. <laughs> obviously, your best player it probably has something to do with the fact that your team is uh, sliding. But I don't know if there's much of a correlation in those two things or not.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't. Um... I didn't go to that level as I looked at this. I think there's probably some, and again, there's plenty of super intelligent people out there that could definitively say about this, but I think there probably is a correlation. And, you know, I think the bucks, when Middleton went down before the season started, I think the expectations for them were pretty low. And I think you get, Giannis making the leap into becoming a superstar and an all-star starter you get Jabari Parker making a leap into a consistent 20-point-a-game night and then you get Greg Monroe kind of returning to some of the better form that he had in Detroit and the surprise of Malcolm Brogdon And I think the team was just kind of the first couple months of the season, they were outperforming what I think everybody expected from them. And then I want to say since around like January, it's just been kind of a tough slog for them. And it could be just some regressing to the mean. But I mean, Giannis is still putting up, like you said, 23 points, close to nine rebounds, five and a half assists and nearly two steals and two blocks, which are, you know, just the stat line across the board is is pretty freaking amazing. Um But also to your point, though, he has slid down a little bit and you wonder how much of it is just the team putting a huge onus on him to generate a lot of things on both sides of the court or him possibly defending bigger guys and that sapping some of his energy. But there has been a little bit of regression from December when I pulled these numbers and it has coincided with the team. Um, It'll be interesting as they get – chris middleton back i want to say tomorrow and he's on a minutes limit it'll be interesting to see how they kind of work him back into the lineup and how that kind of opens things up for Giannis or any of their other players because right now you know that team i think tony snell and jason terry might be two of their best three-point shooters along with jabari parker but um it'll be interesting to see if he if he can finish strong or if he fades at all because there has been a lot of a lot of responsibility put on him
1: so as we record this there are seven players who have a PR per over 27 and uh, the record according to uh, Krishna Narsu, is four in a season and there Jeez. are there are four players um, who are above 26 who are you know knocking on the door of 27 so uh so Westbrook is leading the league uh, Kawhi Isaiah uh, Anthony Davis Harden Durant Paul are all over 27 and then Cousins is 26.8 Giannis 26.6 and LeBron and Jokic are also above 26 so Obviously, another sign of just incredible production by, you know, some superstars uh, this season, although I imagine Paul may fall off of that after if if there's certainly a minutes uh, limit, uh, depending on, you know, when he gets back and how much he plays during Mm -hmm. the season. But, But still, that is a uh, that, you know, PR has, has certain flaws, but it does a pretty good job of measuring your production and, and, you know, and showing, you know, just what guys are, uh, the numbers the guys are putting up.
0: It's man, it's, it's really fascinating to me. And I, you know, as you were just kind of rattling off all those PR numbers, like the first thing that came into my mind was kind of the late nineties power boom in baseball. When you had guys like Brady Anderson hitting 50 home runs or whatever it was, um, and thinking about how, you know, it it is entirely likely that Westbrook will average the triple double this year or be damn close to it. And it just, all of this makes me curious about how historically, how we'll look at this within context. Like, are, are we just kind of at the the cusp of a new normal or is this something that will be like all of this offense will it be legislated out of the league based on like different rule changes it's just really it's really interesting to me you know it's um so these they're just outrageous
1: i think it's probably a couple things i mean it's obviously the stylistic changes in the game that are encouraging you know um this incredible offense i think we have just you know incredible number of talented players who are probably like right at the right ages either you know kind of the younger guys like you know Giannis, anthony davis who are um you know just putting up incredible numbers in in situations where they're you know asked to do so or even obviously westbrook or just guys who are Mm -hmm. you know right at the you know generational talents you know like steph like um Durant, you know, guys like that who are just at the right age of and and peaking in terms of their production. Um, and, and, and you know you still have obviously LeBron, Chris Paul, you know doing great things even though they're they're older. So I mean I, I think it's obviously just we ha- we happen to have this you know mm-hmm. incredible mix of players who are right there who are all you know really great. I think a lot of them are maximized in the system this year. I, I obviously I, I think I've talked about this before, but Durant leaving for Oklahoma City and uh, or from Oklahoma City, obviously unleashed Westbrook, Harden leaving Oklahoma City unleashed him with of course with Anthony especially this year. So. Um, I mean, I, I doubt very much that the NBA is looking at this as a bad thing. as looking at legislated. Agreed. Out. Our defense. Very, is, mu- very much agree. Yeah, our defense is going to adjust. Our obviously, some of these guys are going to get you know are going to get older or, or be put in different situations. And they're not going to produce like this. Whether other players will you know replace them. I mean, you know, Isaiah Thomas is great. What he's doing is incredible. But I don't see him as like a generational talent. But he's third in the league in PER and he's you know, doing these wonderful things. So it may not just be you know players who are excellent but you know, not quite you know transcendent all-time players getting in on this like Isaiah or you know like certain other players you know um I, I think give it a I, I make it um a sign for me that it could spread just beyond you know the transcendent superstars or maybe Isaiah's just reached that level and we're just not ready you know I'm just not used to it yet but you know like like Steph Curry a couple years ago so it's hard to say but I I my guess is it will be more of a you know it will be more organically done as opposed to you know mandated by the NBA.
0: Yeah, no, and I, I think it's it's fascinating because I agree with you about like your your perspective on Isaiah Thomas, where it's like either he's just kind of doing something that we we don't realize he's capable of doing, or. Um, or he, he's not a transcendent player, and he's still capable of putting these numbers up. And, and the latter piece is, I think, what's just fascinating about it, because his numbers, um, they are not, and it's he's he's not the same, like, incendiary talent that Steph Curry was last year, but his numbers, aside from the three-pointers, are not that far off from what Steph was doing. And for a player to put those numbers up it's just it's pretty and amazing to see
1: yeah it reminds me a little bit of um kevin porter in the late 70s he was a guard he kind of bounced around he played for the uh bullets and the pistons and the nets and he uh, for those interested in looking up kevin porter he is big
0: assist numbers right
1: right exactly yeah i mean he had like more 20 assist games than anybody in nba history other than like stockton and and Magic and, you know, maybe one of the other top, maybe kid, But he just has all these incredible assist numbers, and he had all these incredible, he didn't do a whole lot necessarily other than that. He wasn't as great of a player as Isaiah, but it was in terms of, you know, pushing the limits in one certain thing, he, you know, uh, broke the record for assists in the season. He was just, he kind of pushed it at that level, and then other guys kind of um, followed. So I, I, you know, I I think of Isaiah as a little bit of, you know, kind of a guy of that level, just, you know, just like pushing it, um, in a certain way. And as you mentioned, he is in a, in a very good system that maximizes that with the way that they're able to, you know, spread the floor and the smart players that they have and the, you know, the, the, the team ball that they play.
0: No, no, absolutely. And it's, it's funny. He's just kind of like in, in some ways, um, just kind of this, this symbolic figure in this season of offensive explosion where, you know, I think his previous career best scoring was 22 or 23 a game and just, jumping up to 29 and i want to say since december he's been averaging like 33 34 points a game it's just it's it's been a hell of a, a ride to watch
1: so a couple more guys that we should uh, talk about um anthony davis he has reached a couple of interesting plateaus and he has um 10 games of 35 and 15 uh, 35 points 15 rebounds obviously and also is at the point where uh, earlier he was a- at the uh Thirty point uh, two point five blocks per game plat, uh points he is a little bit below that now only averaging 28 uh, points per game um I, I, you know i i, I probably I, he got some attention early on in the season i think he had a 50 point game like in the first week or two of the season and certainly you know yeah res- respect yeah. as a great player but i don't think that um He's gotten kind of got a lost a little bit in the shuffle with everything that hard all the accolades that Harden has gotten and um, and, and uh, Westbrook of course and obvi- and even Isaiah Thomas to a certain extent especially in the past month.
0: Yeah, he's um, you know I think I won't go as far as calling Anthony Davis an enigma, but I w- I would say. Between his injuries, he hasn't missed a ton of games this year, but it seems like every other night the dude has to go back to the locker room or something. And it's just I, I think I can't imagine how frustrating it is for him. Between the injuries, it's like a little nagging injury. that seems like it's something. And between the the team structure there, I think it's just really I think it's been a big challenge for them to find a level of stability. And I, I think it's a you know, it's a two sided coin where on the one side of the coin, um, it's, it's always like somebody different. It's a different lineup every night. You know, they started the season with Lance Stevenson and now they're, they're looking to make changes. They're looking to trade for Brooke Lopez or Jaleel Loca for. Um, so on the one hand, you don't have any stability and Alvin Gentry's rotations have just been completely a, a different thing every single night. And then on the other side of it, I think, part of that instability where Davis is the only guy who night in night out, you know, he's going to get his looks, he's going to get opportunities. Um, I think that creates the opportunity for him to put up these gaudy numbers. You know, I think he's like—I don't know what his average rebounds is, but he's close to 30 points a game at 28, whatever. And then he's over double digits in rebounds, nearly two and a half blocks a game. Um, even within all of this kind of chaos in New Orleans and a team that is just continues to struggle as a group, he's still getting numbers that are on par with the stuff that we saw from like the top centers in the in the 90s, like the Ewings and the ones and David Robinsons and it's it's impressive you just wonder is he ever going to be healthier is he just going to be kind of always struggle with these things throughout his career and can New Orleans build an actual team around him? The talent level and the ability—I think it's—it's it's completely obvious whether you watch him play or you look at some of these, these outlier stats. Where, um, you know, the 35 and 15 games—that one, I think, really popped out at me. That he is that close to hitting the same number that Barkley had, um, you know, 20, 25 years ago. And the other thing I want to call out—and this is probably familiar for anybody who's ever used basketball references player index tool that they have which is amazing tool highly encourage anybody to use it but their their tool only looks back at box score data back to when it when it comes to points and rebounds both back to like 1983-84 season so we know that wilt for several seasons averaged above 35 and 15
1: so a couple of them backs ago, um, Rich and I looked at um, Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. So for players who were who had seasons averaging twenty seven point five points per game, ten rebounds per game, twenty seven per and four blocks per plus minus, um, there were only um, two teams that were below um, were below five hundred: the seventy six Lakers with Kareem and the eighty eight Sixers with. Um, um, uh, with Charles Barkley. And uh, and this season, both Anthony Davis and um, and uh, Boogie Cousins are uh, doing that, and they're significantly below 400. So, um, so so the fact that both of them are contributing and like they are in the other teams, unfortunately, are not playing well, that's another um, kind of crazy oddity of this uh, season. One guy who gets his own section in your um, – in your piece is Joel Embiid, who's just having a incredible season in a whole lot of ways, just sort of an unprecedented in the way he's being used at, you know, in, in because of the limited minutes and because of just the maximizing the time that he is in there. Uh, what did you mm-hmm. find interesting about him?
0: The, the thing with him is like, what is it interesting from a statistical point of view? Because it's to kind of take it back to where we started from when we were talking about Big Ben shooting threes. He's hitting what is it, I think he's hitting over one three a game, um his first thirty one games of his career. He's blocking shots at a high rate. He's if, if he was playing a full season, I wanna say he'd be right at or right around that that Hawks and hundred threes threshold that you had talked about with Porzingis. Um so he's kind of in the most modern big man where he can shoot the ball from deep, he can use that that range as well as a weapon to take big men off the dribble he's basically turning the ball over once every every six minutes or so um and he is just just kind of a hot mess out there and I I get the sense as I kind of look over these stats and from watching him play I get the sense and I wrote about this in the piece that because he has those limited minutes Philly is just giving him the ball and they're like hey man do your thing like get all the reps you can get like let's learn the hard way let's try all these things and let's just explore the breadth of your talent and you know he'll get a sense of what he can do and what he can't do the guy is uh, I mean it's pretty obvious if anybody's watched him play at all just how how massively talented and how versatile he is for a guy who I don't know what he's listed at height wise but this man is like at least seven foot two he is he is a large human Um, I saw him standing next to Brooke Lopez and he's like clearly got a couple inches on him so I just get the sense that they're letting him kind of of go through some growing pains and really learn what he can and can't do as an NBA player before they start to really kind of, I don't want to use the term, rein him in, but maybe put a little bit more, um, structure around that offense and specifically around what they want MB to be doing as a player.
1: Oh, that, that all makes very much sense. And you know, while it's happening, it's very fun to watch. So, uh, we'll we'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So thanks Chris for being on the show. Always great to get your thoughts. And uh, we'll include a link to uh, Chris's article in the show notes for anyone who hasn't had a chance to read it yet. Uh, thanks for uh, checking us out. You can find us at the stepback at You can also find Over and Back on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And also, you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at Over and Back NBA. So, thanks for listening. We'll be back again soon.